Hot night. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Golf Guide Podcast. Uh, Kyle Serlo here, and man, it is a delight to be back with you guys after yet another week off uh, last week and uh, yet another uh, moderately abbreviated podcast for this week. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Uh, the last couple weeks have been trying, been a little rough. Uh, as of right now, I am broadcasting to you guys from Chico, California, in my home studio. Uh, where I've got uh, my bags packed. Uh, if uh, anything were to change and the winds uh, were to shift and start blowing uh, westward or, you know, uh, from the, the foothills, Sierra foothills, where uh, currently just, you know, maybe about 30 or 40 miles from me, uh, the world is on fire. Uh, my wife, uh, who works down at Oroville Hospital, um, was on, you know, has been on alert the last couple days, getting ready to evacuate the hospital in case things should change. And so, and, and, and the crazy part is, I don't think that our situation is all that unique to so many other folks likely listening to this podcast because the, the entire West Coast is seemingly in a state of flux uh, amid all these crazy fires that are going on. So uh, I, I just wanted to lead off today's podcast hoping that every single person listening to this podcast is not only safe, but uh, is making sure to stay cautious and be aware of everything going on around them. Uh, unfortunately, as we've learned, uh, over these past couple of years, you can never be too safe, and things can change uh, in an instant, and it sucks. <laughs> it really, uh, it really sucks. I, I wish this was not the case, um, but yeah, here, here we are. Uh, it's not, it's not even quote unquote fire season uh, yet here in Northern California, and uh, alas, we're we're several weeks into these uh, crazy lightning complex fires that all started, you know, three such weeks back with those those that big thunderstorm, and then caused a whole big thing and then some fires started and those caused more fires and the winds caused more fires after that and it's just a it's just a damn shit show and I, I just uh yeah it sucks <laughs> I don't I don't really have any other better way to say it other than it really really sucks uh from a golfing standpoint it's bad I mean shoot when I woke up yesterday and it was pitch dark you know and then you know awake for two more hours 9 a.m it's still like basically black outside because the smoke is so dense I know everybody down in the San Francisco Bay Area basically had a like a deep orange day where it just was, you know, apocalyptic and weird and everything. I, I, again, without being able to describe it any, uh, you know, any more nicely, uh, it just it all sucks, man. It, it's not cool. I'm really looking forward to hopefully when all this thing is over. Um, you know, I is it climate change? Probably. Uh, do I know for 100 percent? No. Am I like 99.9% confident that uh, that we, we may have something to do with uh, the, the weather getting crazier and crazier? I, I, I think so. I mean, okay, again, this is not supposed to be any kind of a political statement. Just from a uh, for, from somebody out there that's observing things, you know, uh, heck, had, had, the, had, had modern America continued the practice of Native Americans doing controlled burns and keeping everything, you know, everything under control and letting Mother Nature kind of do its thing in a, in a controlled manner? That doesn't seem like such a crazy idea right now. I I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. So, with that, let's talk a little golf, everybody. It's you know it's uh too too much fire talk here at the top of the podcast. You're you're listening to me to get a little uh to get uplifted to get in tune with the goings and the happenings of the golf scene here on the West Coast. And actually, all you know we're recording this on a Thursday morning at around 11 a.m. There's a lot of golf happenings uh, currently taking place here on the West Coast, most notably two professional golf events taking place right now here on the west coast we normally 
have weeks of lead up to something like this. A, a women's major championship uh, has been rescheduled and is now taking place down in Palm Desert, which is wild. Uh, and then we also have, you know, my favorite fall event of the season, the Safeway Open, uh, taking place at Silverado in Napa County uh, amid wildly poor air quality. Um, it, it's just a, a weird, it's got such a weird scene. Again, not to bring it back to all the fires, it's just such a strange, weird scene. I, I just don't, uh, oh, yeah, it, it's tough to fathom and uh, and put into words, but I'm, you know, I'm still going to attempt to do so. So uh, since I already kind of just talked about it briefly, why not go into it? Uh, the Safeway Open is taking place this weekend. Uh, Jordan Spieth, Phil Mickelson are among the participants uh, that are going to be playing at Silverado this weekend. Um, there are no fans, so I can't really encourage you guys to go and watch it in person. Uh, it should be broadcast on your television. So uh, if you're looking for some golf to watch, that is a fine option. But I, I might even say the far better option uh, would be to watch the ANA Inspiration, which is normally um, the first major of the year uh, down in the early spring in Palm Desert, but it has now been rescheduled. It is taking place this weekend. Uh, the temperatures are supposed to be gnarly. Like I, I just, I, I, what, what, the last time I looked at the forecast between Friday, tomorrow, and Sunday, the temperatures are going to be ranging anywhere from 105 to 109 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and I heard reports just a couple of days ago that those temperatures were going to be more in the teens, like the 112 to 115 range, which is absurd, like absolutely absurd. I, As someone living in Chico, California, in the middle of summertime, I've played a handful of rounds of golf in 105, 106, even 107 weather at one point this year, and it sucked. Like, again, I, sucked is a relative term because I'm, I'm still out playing golf, so life is still really, really good. You know, even when it's really hot and the weather is miserable. But Jesus Christ, like, I, I'm someone who was raised you know, in a household where wearing a golf glove was seen as a sign of cowardice. All right. My, my father, you know, without not, not even intentionally doing it, has never worn a glove and has always made sure that me and my buddies know that we feel like huge. Um, and again, this, this I, I'm kind of putting words into his mouth because he always says it in a very eloquent way that is void of any kind of cursing or derogatory words but in so many words you know my father has always looked uh, has always looked down on people that, that wear gloves and uh, that that was made very clear to me at a young age young Kyle if you were to wear a glove you might as well just you know play in the group behind me I don't want to be seen with you all right that's it's just if, if you're manly enough to play golf without a glove you can come and join me and uh, that, that's kind of snowballed, you know, like good friend Mark Lawton has always, always got a lot of enjoyment out of that. We always make fun of, you know, each other for being huge pussies if we're wearing gloves and, and all that kind of good stuff. But, I mean, when you're playing golf in the 105, 106 degree weather, like, I cannot play without a glove. The hands get so slippery that that golf club is, is bound to just shank into someone's temple uh, if I'm not being too cautious. So, I mean, sh watching the women down at uh, <laughs> down in the desert this weekend, I... I can only imagine the kinds of things that them and their caddies are going to be going through to deal with the heat um, while also trying to compete for a major championship. And in all honesty, I, I think it actually could make for some very compelling television. So uh, I'm certainly going to be watching the ANA this weekend. I know uh, with the air quality as poor as it is uh, up here in my part of the state, uh, actually playing golf this weekend is probably out of the cards uh if you're fortunate enough to live somewhere where the air quality is not uh or has not been compromised then i would certainly as i always do recommend that you play golf uh as opposed to watching it on television but um 
nevertheless, should be a really fun tournament to watch uh, this weekend for the LPGA's major championship, the ANA Inspiration. Um, yeah, so that's great. The Safeway Open's going on. So multiple professional golf events taking place on the West Coast. Uh, really cool stuff. Um, very, very exciting. So keep an eye on that. Uh, if we shift our eyes to the uh, the men's, uh, the other men's game, you know, outside of the Safeway Open, we look ahead to next weekend uh, when the U.S. Open, the United States National Championship, uh, will be taking place at Winged Foot. However, it will be uh, without one of the most dominant uh, professional golfers the men's game has seen in the last couple of years, specifically one of the most dominant major competitors uh, in the past few years, and that is none other then four-time major champion Brooks Kepka, who has withdrawn uh, from the U.S. Open. Uh, it, it turns out that knee and the whatever else was bothering him at the PGA Championship at Harding Park in San Francisco last month has continued to ail uh, the four-time major champion. He will not be at winged foot uh, to try and win his third U.S. Open title. Uh, a little bit of a bummer. A lot of jokes are circulating around the worldwide webs that uh, maybe this is him just throwing a bone to Dustin Johnson you know, you know, trying, you know, maybe not throwing him under the bus this time, but maybe giving him like a, hey, I'm not going to be there, buddy. So maybe why don't you, you know, why don't you go go you know, go win one for the Gipper, huh? It's, it's, I mean, who knows? Dustin Johnson is playing the bet with some of the best golf I've ever seen. Uh, you know, right now outside of you know a Jordan Spieth season in 2015 and basically Tiger's entire career before uh, before Firehead Gate. So, um, it's 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 really interesting, man. I mean, if JT can keep the momentum going from what he did for his uh, his gross third place finish at the tour championship um man it's gonna be uh it, it's gonna be a very very interesting to see if he is the one that can conquer the beast that is going to be winged foot um and, and you know as we're staying on it uh you know let's as we're keeping going to news here and we're keeping it on the u.s open at winged foot i was reading something else the other day that said some of the professionals uh that are going to be competing next weekend uh very much anticipate uh, the winning score to be above par, which whew, makes me very giddy, very excited. Anytime we get to see the best players in the world just basically go into just a huge car wreck of fucking golfing carnage, uh, it, it's always very, very enjoyable for us, the uh, the viewing public, um, to watch these guys basically get as, you know, just as mentally fatigued and frustrated as all of us hackers do out there, except... They're they're getting frustrated because the golf course they're playing is next to impossible for ninety nine point nine percent of the humans on the planet, whereas us we're just getting frustrated because we can't hit simple golf shots from the middle of the fairway. So I mean it's it's still you know a little different, but uh, nonetheless it's going to be wild wild fun uh, next week at Wingfoot. I there's been so much great content that's been put out lately um, to kind of get people ready for for this U.S. Open Championship. I know if you go visit the USGA's Twitter account, uh, they've just got some awesome flyovers of all the golf holes out of winged foot. I know uh, Andy Johnson over the Friday is doing some great stuff, kind of profiling the green complex of winged foot and just how gnarly and crazy they are. Uh, you know, I, I got a chance to play Harding Park the day after um, the Sunday round at the PGA Championship with all the same pins, and those greens were awesome. They were rolling as good as they've ever rolled, and, you know, they are nothing compared to what these guys are going to be dealing with at winged foot the internal contours in these greens are wild to say the least um and this golf course is long the rough is absurd it's just it's going to be so awesome just to watch these guys try to break par at winged foot I, I i cannot wait it's going to be really really exciting 
Um, I'm sure, you know, leading up to next week's tournament, I'm going to do my best to get Jess back on the podcast again. With these last couple of weeks, the fires, uh, I've had some personal things going on where I just have not been able to reach out and, and touch base with Jess to get him on the podcast. But we're hoping uh, that we are going to right that wrong next week leading up to the U.S. Open where we can talk about this at a little more length. Um, Jess being a professional golfer himself, uh, you know, has a little more experience than I do in playing, you know, really wild venues in a competitive atmosphere. So very excited to touch base with him and pick his brain as we preview the U.S. Open next week. Um, but again, th- it's just going to be such it's a bloodbath. It's going to be a bloodbath and I am here for it. I'm very, very excited. Um, a- another little U.S. Open note for next weekend. Uh, it turns out that Michael O'Keefe. Uh, now, for those of you who don't know who Michael O'Keefe is, uh, he is more commonly known uh, to people in the golf world as one Danny Noonan. Uh, the actor uh, of Caddyshack fame uh, it came out is going to be caddying for a golfer by the name of Danny Balin uh, for the Monday and Tuesday practice rounds next week. Um, it'll good to be good to see Noonan on the golf course, but I'm just going to forewarn all of you that your social media accounts are about to get absolutely hammered. Uh, with content of Danny Noonan carrying a golf bag. Um, I, I think it's funny. I think it's cool. It was fun to read about for uh, a couple of sentences, but uh, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not looking forward to the 500,000 posts that slap Danny Noonan in his old age carrying a golf bag. Um, I'd rather just go rewatch the movie for a thousand times. It's, 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 that, that, that's just me. Uh, maybe it's, you know, maybe that applies to you too. Maybe you're going to be soaking up and enjoying every last little bit of Michael O'Keefe content that the USGA and the US Open is going to absolutely stuff in your face next week. But you know what? Hey, we're, we're not here to hate. You know, we're, we're just out here to help, you know, make you guys aware of all the goings and the happenings in the world of golf. And uh, Danny Noonan is going to be carrying a golf bag next week. So that is exciting for some. Uh, next order of news business here. Uh, Justin Thomas, PGA of America Player of the Year. Uh, the guy who just won the Tour Championship in the FedEx Cup uh, finished fifth, <laughs> uh, mostly due to the fact that uh, somehow uh, they did not, you know, the last two majors of the year are not going to be included in this, and therefore Justin Thomas with his handful of wins both in last year's uh, fall schedule and then this year, I think three wins total, uh, gets him the PGA of America Player of the Year. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the PGA Tour Player of the Year will be Dustin Johnson, unless, of course, John Rahm comes out and uh, wins the U.S. Open and potentially even, you know, competes and then maybe wins the Masters in November. Who knows? But uh, just an interesting little side note there. Uh, Justin Thomas, PGA of America Player of the Year. All right, going to take a quick second to let you guys know that today's podcast is proudly presented to you by the Sea Winds Estate, Oregon's premier small wedding and event venue. Uh, You can celebrate your wedding or special event at one of the most spectacular venues on the Oregon coast, the Sea Winds Estate. Uh, Located just about 10 miles north of the Banadunes Golf Resort, the Sea Winds Estate can not only host you and your buddies for a fantastic golf trip to the Oregon coast, but as I mentioned before, if you have a small event or wedding that you want to host at a spectacular site with 270 degree views of the Pacific Ocean, then visit seawindsestate.com. All right, back to the podcast, everybody. All right, and uh, speaking of the final major of the year, the Masters, uh, I saw another little news story come by that really, uh, it it hurt my soul, all right? As somebody that loves uh, 
watching NFL football, uh, loves playing fantasy football, um, you know, and obviously understands that the NFL product is the most watched uh, television product in the United States, and uh, therefore television networks prioritize um, NFL broadcasts pretty much over everything else because I believe the advertising that they sell for NFL games more or less subsidizes the entire rest of their network. Um, I don't know that to 100% be the case, but I have a pretty good feeling that that's, that's not too far from the truth if it isn't, in fact, 100% accurate. So, with that being said, the once-a-year tournament known as the Masters. Um, Sunday at the Masters specifically is my favorite day on the sporting calendar. It beats out the World Series. It beats out the Super Bowl. I mean, everything else you could possibly think of that uh, involves sports on TV, they all they all take a backseat to Sunday at the Masters. Now, the last time we got to watch Sunday at the Masters was one of the most memorable uh, days of golf and of sport that I have ever witnessed. Uh, Tiger Woods winning the Masters, um, his first major championship since 2008, the first since his you know long hiatus since fire hydrant gate, since all the back surgeries. Uh, it was just an incredibly special day, and one little oddity about that day was that the final round had to start really, really early um, to accommodate for the storm uh, that was coming in uh, and set to hit Augusta, Georgia early in the afternoon. So uh, I believe they all teed off, you know, the leaders uh, teed off around like 9-something a.m. on Sunday, which, uh, you know, here on the West Coast, you know, me and all my buddies that, you know, were in town for for the weekend were, were in the living room starting to watch golf at like 6.15 a.m. so we could watch the leaders tee off. Uh, and ended up being a wonderful day. Well, in 2020, that early afternoon storm is coming in <laughs> uh, is coming in the way of two absolute NFL juggernauts in the New York Football Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Two teams that collectively won, I believe, 12 games uh, combined uh, in the 2019 football season. Um, so a report's coming out that uh, from CBS that. The Masters final round will likely have to be pushed forward into that same time slot uh, that we had in 2019 because they need to make way for the 4.05 uh, p.m. Eastern time start of a few NFL games headlined by the New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. The once-a-year Masters uh, is going to have it's going to. Have to. It, it's not that it can't. It's going to have to. Uh, to adjust its once-a-year schedule that it's already been postponed to make sure that all of America gets to see Sam Darnold uh, take on Ryan Fitzpatrick, or who knows, maybe Tua is is starting for the Dolphins by then that creates a much more entertaining uh, football product for all of us to consume. It's possible. Uh, you know, I mean, can anybody outside of Miami and New York and outside of the, you know, the fantasy nerd community really name more than a couple players on either team? And can can anybody really name more than two players that they'd even want to watch on either team? I don't think so, as opposed to watching Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, and all the other best golfers in the world take on the most famous, most historic uh, golf course in North America. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it's possible. Uh, I, for one, am going to be watching the Masters no matter, no matter what time it starts on Sunday. Uh, I am a little annoyed. Uh, you know, I, I happen to live in a two-screen home where uh, I can make adjustments to have multiple sporting events on at the same time. So I, I, 
I love the idea of watching the Masters with the volume on and then having Red Zone on on mute on the side as I follow my fantasy team. But alas, for, for all of you golf and football junkies out there, uh, you will not have to make that decision of one or the other. CBS is going to go ahead and make that decision for you. So if you're here on the West Coast, be prepared for a little 6 a.m. start uh, for Sunday at the Masters. And that way we can all all just enjoy just the gloriousness that is going to be uh, Sam Darnold uh, throwing to Denzel Mims and then, you know, passing a little dump off pass to Le'Veon Bell, who actually, as I'm saying this right now, probably, uh, well, there's a good chance he won't even be playing for the Jets by that point. So, ah, it's a, it's all, it's all mute. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, right, I'm, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm really, really getting lost in the weeds here. Um, next order of business here. I actually had a chance to stop by. I didn't actually get to go on site. I just stopped on the side of the road, uh, took everything in. I checked out the Brambles project in Middletown. Um, to kind of see what progress is being made. Some structures are up in the form of a clubhouse. Uh, a lot of the fairways and tees appear to be graded and are uh, you know, getting ready to get seated here pretty soon. So the Brambles Project in Middletown still appears to be on track to open next summer, which is very, very exciting. Uh, as soon as I get some more information on that, which I have been uh, attempting to do, uh, I will certainly be, uh, I will be passing that along to each and every one of you glorious listeners um, Yeah, when, when that is made available. All right, and uh, the last order of business here, uh, just some news regarding the USGA. Um, it, it turns out they're going to be moving a lot of their facilities down to Pinehurst. Uh, apparently, the state of North Carolina and Pinehurst Resort have been trying to create all kinds of uh, tax incentives and other types of incentives to uh, attract golf companies, and in this case, you know, golf organizations like the USGA, to uh, move, you know, offices down to that area to promote golf, to promote, you know, adding jobs to the region uh and then in doing so the usga made an agreement with pinehurst resort to call it a quote-unquote anchor facility uh where i again having read a bunch of different reports including mike uh, statura's from golf digest report about what the usga is attempting to do um basically you know the usga thinks that it needs to visit fewer courses at the u.s open so both players and fans can become more and more familiar with the tracks that they do play. So that way there's more of a quote-unquote connection. Um, and, you know, you know, added familiarity to, uh, you know, for, for a golf course for both fans and golfers does make a lot of sense to me. I think it's a big reason why the Masters is by far the most popular major championship among casual golf fans because even those of us uh, who don't, you know, follow the sport week in and week out. They know Augusta. They recognize Amen's corner. And, you know, th there's something to be said about, you know, knowing exactly what these guys are going through, having seen, you know, golfers for generations playing the same hole, kind of knowing what is a good shot, what is a bad shot. And I totally get all that. And so from the USGA's perspective, I, the idea of switching the U.S. Open to more of a rota of like five to ten courses in a sense, it does make sense, and I'm not I'm not totally against it either. Um, as of right now, they've talked about how there's a few venues that they really like going to. Uh, they're going to continue to go to Pebble Beach. They're going to continue to go to Pinehurst, which now, as part of this agreement that the USGA has struck with Pinehurst and the state of North Carolina to move its museum, its ball testing, and its greens uh, its green section committees down to some office space near Pinehurst. Um, Pinehurst has now also been guaranteed four more U.S. Opens uh, before 20, you know, by 2047, um, which seems a little crazy. And the other courses that I think are probably going to be not far behind in terms of locking down, um, you know, 
a U.S. Open every five to seven years is probably going to be Pebble Beach, uh, Oakmont, and Shinnecock. And, you know, th- those are all great golf courses that always produce really good golf tournaments. They look really, really good on TV. And I, I'm not totally against it, but it does mean that there's going to be less things happening like a U.S. Open at Los Angeles Country Club like we're supposed to have in a year or two, or a U.S. Open at Chambers Bay or Aaron Hills. Um, I, I, I'm I, not going to lie. I don't exactly know how to feel about all this. I, As of right now, it doesn't seem like there's any courses in the Midwest that are going to be slated to start getting U.S. Opens anytime soon, which kind of seems like a, like a swing and a miss, considering I, I'm pretty sure Chicago is like the third largest metropolitan area in the country, so... For the Midwest to not ever get a U.S. Open for you know in the foreseeable future seems kind of like a missed opportunity. Um, and at the same time, I think the the West Coast having just one, you know, having Pebble Beach and that's it is also a huge missed opportunity. Um, so I, from that from this whole anchor facility standpoint, I I have mixed feelings and I don't really know exactly how to feel about all this. Uh, I do know that it's a little weird that the USGA is prioritizing getting all these anchor facilities together and making all these moves, moving down to Pinehurst for, you know, for not only these tax incentives, but because they think they're going to make more money. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure they're a 501 like nonprofit organization that is like not supposed to be in the business of trying to make as much money as possible, which uh, some quotes that were given from their board uh, seems to not be in lockstep with that principle. And so... Uh, uh, tax lawyers and everything like that may be getting involved uh, with this deal that the USGA has penned with Pinehurst Resort. So be uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, they could be in a little bit of hot water, but maybe not. You know, maybe maybe they've got very good attorneys that uh, have got all this stuff taken care of. Who the hell knows? Um, the one thing that, of course, my boy Jeff Shackelford loved to point out, which uh, I, I don't totally disagree with, is that the USGA is making all these plans to get U.S. Opens dialed in 20-plus years out and all these things like that, and yet the elephant in the room uh, is the golf ball and, and the golf clubs that these guys are using keep getting longer and longer, and all of these golf courses are going to be essentially useless <laughs> in another couple of years, and the USGA continues to do things like, you know, make partners with anchor facilities and opening new offices in North Carolina. Meanwhile, they are just continuing to be mum and just not address uh, this quite frankly, this dilemma um, that needs to be taken care of as quickly as possible uh, with regard to distance and getting things kind of toned down and sort of (laughs) putting a cap on what these things can do before golf courses are forced to stretch out to 8,500 yards. Um, So very interesting there. Some some interesting news for the United States Golf Association. Uh, We'll see if any more news like that, you know, comes out in the, the upcoming couple of weeks, whether or not they reach any more agreements with facilities where they're going to be going to, you know, visit certain courses every five or six years. I, again, I don't know how to feel, but uh, if you guys have any input or if you guys, you know, you know, feel strongly one way or the other, uh, I would actually love to hear from you because I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what exactly to think. And I'd love to learn some more information. So if you guys want to get at me on Twitter at K Serlo, uh, I w- would welcome, welcome a debate and a discussion uh, would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And so we'll, we'll see what happens there. You know, I, I'm not going to keep my, uh, you know, my fingers crossed that. Uh, well, I should say I am going to keep my fingers crossed, but I'm not going to be expecting any good news uh, regarding, you know, distance and you know putting, yeah, <laughs> putting some restric- restrictions on equipment or maybe perhaps bifurcating um, the rules for the professionals and the amateurs and all that kind of good stuff. So who the hell knows? Uh, but what I do know is that this week's episode has come to a conclusion. 
Uh, so thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, again, I know it's a little weird with me going solo. I uh, just have not had the uh, the time or the energy to be able to kind of coordinate things with Jess or any of my other uh, uh, sometimes co-hosts. So um, we're going to have that changed back next week as we really tune up and uh, start previewing the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. Uh, so until then, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Please stay safe if you're on the West Coast, which I'm assuming you are because this, uh, this is a West Coast golf-specific podcast, um, to please be safe, you know, uh, be prepared. Uh, and make sure that if you know anybody that is close to or dealing with these fires, uh, if you can, reach out to them with your support. Uh, and, you know, just try to make sure that we're all safe and we're all healthy. And uh, we all will be okay long enough to enjoy a round of golf with one another at some point soon. All right. With that, everybody, have a great weekend. I'll be back next week. And until then, adios. Adios.